Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. It is 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on the 2nd of September. Addiction Crisis Canada. Welcome to the show. morning and here we are it is the 2nd of September 2023 it is officially the long weekend Labor Day weekend summer holidays are drawing to an end school begins Tuesday colleges, universities, all our public schools, Catholic schools, returning back to school. And of course, all the school buses will be back out in full force starting Tuesday morning. So be aware of that, drive accordingly follow the rules of the road, pay attention, put your cell phones away so everyone can be safe. Now, I thought I'd talk about this subject because we talk about, I've talked about mental illness or mental health there's some videos that I want to bring to your attention and you can go on YouTube and find these videos and hopefully at a, at a later date and time we can discuss a, hopefully into further detail you know, about um, the addiction crisis that we're facing here in Canada. One of them is, is BC's drug uh, decriminalization a good idea? You can find that on YouTube. Vancouver is dying. That's also on YouTube. Inside Canada's fentanyl overdose epidemic. It's also on YouTube. Another video that has been out on YouTube, and I uh, saw this video probably about six years ago. And it's called Through a Blue Lens. And it is about uh, the Vancouver Police Services going down to the Lower East Side, the Hastings Street uh, neighborhood 
It is the epic center of homelessness, drug addiction, and they follow these uh, the individuals who are homeless, who are users, and just put a warning out there, it is very disturbing uh, to watch. And you can still find that on YouTube today. And I watched it again um, last night. So I think it came out about 20, 2013. I saw, I saw, I saw, I watched it. It was probably 2016. And that's about when Vancouver, British Columbia, Columbia declared a public health emergency on drug use, overdose. And here we are in, in 2023. And then from 2016 to the present, it has only gotten worse. Now the federal action on opiates um, to date and the federal government of Canada actions to address the overdose crisis to help save lives, including government funding for projects, increased access to treatment and harm reduction programs, as well as awareness prevention enforcement efforts. So I think it was probably one of its first kinds, you know, for um, a, a police agency um, to even go out and film um, what is happening in Vancouver, and particularly in the in the Hastings um, Street area. to kind of give you a, an insight of what is, what is happening. The overdose crisis has a significant impact on Canadian communities and families. And people who use drugs face many barriers and risks the highly toxic, the unpredictable illegal drug supply, the overburdened health and social services, including life-saving harm reductions and treatment services and supports, the ongoing stigma surrounding substance use that discourage people from seeking health and social services and can reduce the equality and availability of services received now, the government of Canada uh, are looking at a comprehensive public health approach 
to the overdose crisis that is focused on reducing harm, saving lives, and getting people the supports they desire and that they need. So they had put to, to put together this budget, budget 2023. So it, it, the purpose is to provide an additional 359.2 million over five years to support a renewed Canadian drug and substance strategy. And this is going to build on more than the 800 million invested since 2017 to address the overdose crisis. So the urgency and the need to invest, you know, uh, almost 200 billion over the next 10 years to strengthen our public health care system and help ensure Canadians receive the care they need. So part of this money they're using is 25, you know, so this includes 25, 25 billion for shared health priorities. So including increasing access to mental health and substance use services and supports. Uh, so the significant federal investment will support access to a full uh, continuum of, of evidence-based um, options as well as the initiative strategies like for harm reduction, treatment, recovery. It's like, you know, so back in 2016, you know, the, the, um, the health services, the social services, um, the, the top doctor, other agencies were calling on the government back then for help. six years in the making, this is the pathway of the funding. The government starts to do it, but all the loss of lives in the past six years probably could have been prevented. Now, they also granted a three-year exemption under the Controlled Drugs and Substance Act so that adults age 18 and over in British Columbia will not be subject to criminal charges for the possession of up to 2.5 grams of certain illegal drugs for personal use between January 31st. 2023 and January 31st, 2026. So let's, let's think about that for a second because even at any given time, if you had this illegal substance, 
you bought this illegal substance, you were subject to a criminal charge. You're the user. You have an addiction problem. And yet you're the one who's going to be charged. Let's not help them, per se. You're caught with illicit drugs on your person. And you're charged as a user. Never mind the dealer. Now, they had this former Bill C-5 came into force and, and repealed mandatory minimum penalties for all drug offenses and requires police and prosecutors to consider diversion for simple drug possession offenses. We're not talking about the dealers here. We're talking about the users. There'd be no exemption for the drug dealer. Now we can take a look at, and I don't know why this is, is not coming up here. Um, so what has happened here, so kind of give me an oversight or an insight um, of the crisis um, of, the overdo of, of the overdose deaths in the first seven months of 2023. And this is, a you know, across um, British Columbia. In the first seven months of this year, 253 people have died from an overdose across the Southern interior. Now, you know, Thursday, and I didn't even know this, um, Thursday just passed, August the 31st, it was International Overdose Awareness Day and to bring more of the understanding to the importance of that day. The first seven months of 2023 is an outline that the drug crisis is worsening. With 27 more people dying than during the same time span in 2022, there's approximately six people every single day in Vancouver, BC, Hastings Street's neighborhood, Six people every single day, still to this day, die from an overdose. So why is this, you know, why is this happening? 
you know, the, the other thing that, that I, you know, um, my view too, is that, you know, they don't, so all the, so all the, um, things I talked to you about, um, for YouTube, um, about, you know, is BC's drug and, uh, decriminalization a good idea? That's on YouTube. Vancouver is dying. It's on YouTube. Inside Canada's fentanyl overdose academic, epidemic. It's all showing the Lower East Side, the Hastings Street neighborhood. It's the epic center of the homelessness, mental illness, addiction. Well, what about the, the upper class? What about the middle class? You know, they're, they're not dying from an overdose. So you don't hear about it. Same with through a, through a blue lens, the, the, the film that was done by the Vancouver police, approximately about 2013. It's all down in the Lower East Side, Hastings area of Vancouver, BC. And probably so because that's where probably majority of the overdoses are taking place. Why are people not seeking or getting the help that they need. The overdose related deaths and other harms are affecting our friends our families, our communities. Addiction is not a choice. It's a treatable medical condition, yet many people are affected by addiction. Addiction face stigma. And that stigma is the negative attitudes, beliefs, or behaviors about or towards a group of people because of their situation in life. It includes discrimination, prejudice, judgment, and stereotyping, which can isolate people who use drugs. So we just look at the people who are down and out and homeless, people who maybe have a mental illness. We don't talk about, you know, uh, the wealthy, the athletes, or taking uh, an opi opioids for, for pain killing. And yet 
they get addicted. So even when we're going down and we're and we're people are going down and filming things down in the Hastings Street neighborhood of the downtown Vancouver and only focusing in on that area. Is that not stereotyping? Is that not a, like a judgment? Is that sort of like, is that not prejudiced? I would, I would think it is. And the only reason I say that is because, you know, um, Hastings, uh, the homeless situation, for instance, you know, um, Tent City, you know, and, and down Hastings and stuff like that on the sidewalk for blocks on end over the beginning of the summer. To me, just showing a certain area and certain people is stereotyping. If we're going to look at addiction, and then we, we need to look at it as a whole picture. Not just stigmatizing a certain area of a city. We need to look as as it as a whole. And of course, with stigma also, um, you know, so, you know, people who use drugs and those who are struggling with addiction, they face discrimination and barriers to getting uh, to getting help. So when we're stereo, uh, stereotyping and discrimination and, and prejudice, leads a person to avoid getting help because they are afraid of judgment or getting in trouble. Causes a person to hide their drug use or use, or use drugs alone. It affects person's ability to find housing and jobs, which affects their health and the quality of life. Contribute to people who use drugs receiving a lower quality of care from healthcare systems on the access services. This is how they feel that, that they're going to get. And maybe some do. I don't know. People get hooked on on uh, on illicit drugs and, and narcotics for for many different reasons. And what could be an event in life, especially trauma and, and chronic stress. Trauma could be um, they they face abuse at home. 
whether it was physical, mental, sexual. So the three types of stigma, and it's that self-stigma, you know, because people are, you know, stereotyping people who use drugs. So they, they internalize the negative messages about people who use drugs and apply them to themselves. You know, for instance, oh, it's your fault you're using drugs. You did this to yourself. You ended up on the street because it's your fault. The self-stigma can also lead to low self-esteem and feelings of shame. It can cause some, someone not to access support because they fear being judged or discriminated against. It can cause someone to hide their drug use or use drugs alone. Social stigma is going to trigger that self-stigma. So the social stigma, you know, negative attitudes or behaviors towards people who use drugs or towards their friends and family members. Negative labels and images in everyday conversation and in, in, in the media. So in the media, when they talk about the epic center of addiction crisis and the, the highest rate of overdose, the media is going to take their cameras and they're going to go down to the lower east end of Vancouver, BC, in the Hastings Street neighborhood, and you're going to see the homelessness, you're going to see the mental illness, and you're going to see the addictions. People then are going to see these images and have that social stigma. The structural stigma, the, policy, the policies in health and social services that, that increase stigma, such as not providing services until drug use is better managed. When healthcare providers or first responders do not take people affected by drug use seriously. Well, So people will need to go to the hospital because of, of their, 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 their chronic use of, of illicit drugs. They stay there for a few days, sort of like a detox. And it is true, people 
you know, have been just given and, you know, blamed, you know, for their problem. And just sent back out on the street with no real, you know, focused intervention on the addiction. And they're just put right back out onto the street again. And they go right back to using. And it's just, it's just, a, re- a repeat vicious cycle. Now, we have to start thinking about changing how we talk about drug use. Right, so the language you or I use as a direct and deep impact on peoples around you can reduce the stigma by changing the words you use to talk about drug use. Using words can make it easier for someone to speak up or to feel understood or to receive help. So, by starting like, okay, use per, use person's first language, you know, for an example, say person who uses drugs instead of a drug user. Use neutral medically accurate words when describing drug use. Avoid slang such as addict or a junkie. Use language that shows care and concern rather than judgment. Speak up when you hear someone being treated or talked to in a disrespectful way. Use language that acknowledges and promotes the fact that recovery from addiction is possible and looks and it looks different for everyone. Then we have to, you know, help and stigma. You know, because... You know, when, when you when you see um, uh, people um, who are struggling, you know, people, you know, who are homeless, people with, with a mental illness and, and potentially even a, an addiction uh, problem, you know, people would just say, well, you know, you're, you are a bum. You're a down and outer. You're a skid. It's your fault. You should have known better not to, not to do illicit drugs.
So we need to take some important steps to help reduce the stigma and even end stigma, right? Do not define any person by their drug use. Be respectful, compassionate, and caring to those who use drugs. Educate yourself. Pass on the facts and, and, and challenge stereotypes. Addiction is a treatable medical condition. And the deserving care, just like any other medical condition, our attitudes and behaviors, because they may be influenced by stereotypes, negative stories and images about people who use drugs. So when we when I talk about you know, okay, negative images, negative stories and negative images about people who use drugs. It's like, like the, the social media, the news agencies who are reporting on, on the addiction crisis here in Canada. They go to one particular area only and probably because it is the highest rate of drug overdose across Canada. It's the poorest neighborhood in all of Canada. Unfortunately, it is the epic center of, of, of drug use. And that's the lower east end of Vancouver, BC, in the Hastings Street neighborhood. So, are we, is the news media and social media, you know, is that, is that a form of a stereotype? Because the people are homeless. And a lot of them down there are homeless. Now, before you, you, you came on, uh, on the show, I was looking, I was watching some videos um, last night on... Um, on um, YouTube and um, I'm hoping I can find it here again because it was um, I want to get out of here without losing this page And the most, uh, the most recent one, I always go back to it. I, I watched it. it. I think it came out in 2013. So about 10 years ago. And I watched the video, I think it was like 2016. It was called Through, Through a Blue Lens. And it was the uh, uh, Vancouver police. Uh, they put 
together this, this film called Through a Blue Lens and show awareness, awareness of um, the, the, the drug use in the Lower East End of Vancouver in the Hastings, Hastings Street neighborhood. And it was about to show, to, to show awareness of what is, what is going on. They followed a group of people who are homeless, who are addicts. They have obviously other, um, other problems. To, to show out there and and, to, and then and then go into um, go into schools to talk to the younger people about drug drug use and, and the harmful effects that it has that it will have it's actually a really good one to watch but I will caution you that it is really disturbing now another one um if i can find it here and it should allow me to find it here because it's still stuck on um this one page i don't know why it's still stuck on here That's just going to bring me back to the same stuff here, but Oh, here we go. Now it brings me back to my other page. Sorry about that. So anyways, yeah. So the videos that I watched, um, I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched some of it because it was getting late. So ones that you can go on YouTube. Uh, the one is called, um, is BC's Drug Decriminalization a Good Idea? Vancouver is Dying. Inside Canada's Fentanyl Overdose Epidemic. Those are the ones you can go on YouTube, you can watch those. And I, I, you know, what I would like you to do is, you know, if you find time to do that, is watch them. And then hopefully we can on, on another on another episode, we come back on the show. And we can discuss it. You know, what, what, what did, uh, you know, who, what, when, where, and why?
Now, for 2023, nearly 600 lives lost to unregulated drugs in the first three months of 2023. This is more than seven years after the declaration of a public health emergency in British Columbia. The toxic unregulated drug supply continues to claim the lives of people in British Columbia in record numbers. And on April the 14th, we once again observe the anniversary of the longest public health emergency in that province's history. They declared that the, the provincial public health emergency back in 2016. That first video I mentioned to you through a blue lens was Vancouver Police Services going down into the Hastings neighborhood showing you the effects of these toxic illegal drugs and what it is doing to people. That was 2013. Three years later in 2016, British Columbia declares a public health emergency and that public health emergency is still in effect to this very day on the addiction crisis and overdose crisis. So back on April 14th, a few months back, they once again observed the anniversary of the longest public health emergency in that province's history. And since that emergency was first uh, declared, more than 11,000 people had lost their lives due to the unregulated drug supply. This is a crisis and it's incomprehensible. And at least 374 deaths believed to be caused by toxic drugs were reported to the BC Coroner Services in February And in March, it was like 197, which equates to an average of 6.4 lives, 6 lives lost per day. And we're still seeing that today in British Columbia, every single day to this very day, six people lose their lives to an overdose. Now, the, 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 the 596 lives lost between January and March is the second highest total ever recorded in the first three months of a calendar year. And behind, and behind only in 2022, where 500, uh, 599 lives were lost. So the total number of deaths equates to a province-wide death rate of 44.1 deaths per 100,000 population. So, but, so when they're reporting this, it also reflects that the total number of deaths due to toxic drugs in 2022 had been increased to 2,314, making that year the deadliest year on record. 
So this unregulated drug toxicity continues to be the leading cause of unnatural death in British Columbia, according, uh, accounting for more deaths than homicides, suicides, motor vehicle incidents, drownings, and fire-related deaths combined. So at least 11,000, almost 12,000 deaths have been caused by unregulated drugs since the public health emergency was first declared in April of 2016. And there continues to be no evidence that prescribed safe supply is contributing to the illicit drug deaths. So what the government did, and, and from now until 2020, uh, 20, 2023 to 2026, what the federal government did is decriminalized certain illicit drugs. So the user was, was allowed to have maybe 2.5 grams without facing any criminal charges. You're not going to get arrested for it. I, I'm not talking about it's okay for the dealer to have that because it's not. We're talking about the user. So how's that saving lives? It's not. Fentanyl is the is the leading illicit drug. The leading illicit drug in overdoses is fentanyl. Safe drug supply? Well, the federal government, you know, using, of course, prescribed Prescribed drugs, I guess, you know, uh, a supplement or, you know, something that isn't um, too harmful, I guess. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me, you know, uh, you know, so we have these safe injection sites um, for harm reduction and um, they're able to give them something different than, than, you know, using fentanyl or, or, you know, using, uh, any other toxic, you know, illicit drugs. You know, I think it, um, I don't think that is, to me, my personal opinion. I don't think that's the right approach. You know, what we need is we need facilities to help people overcome the drug addiction 
long-term treatment. But we can't make people go into treatment. We can't force people into treatment. You have to want to, you have to want to want that help. Decriminalizing certain illicit, illicit drugs, you know, because if you got caught, you know, if you got caught with, 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 you know, whatever type of illicit drugs you're not even supposed to have. You were charged. Whether a user or the dealer didn't matter. You know, then the courts would just be, would just be flooded. You know, with, with, with these criminal cases. So for the next three years, from 2023 to 2026, anybody, you know, you're a user and you only have 2.5 grams on your possession, you won't be charged. If you have double that or triple that or quadruple that, well, then you're a dealer. And more likely you're going to be charged. Unless they, you can prove that you, it's for personal use. Now, across British Columbia, you know, it remains at risk of dying from toxic drugs. And the, tra and the tragedy of six people dying every single day, as we have seen the past two years, this is also... This also, um, it's not a crisis confined to certain neighborhoods or certain towns. All areas of our province are immensely affected by this crisis. Well, then this, okay, well, then stop showing just the, the, the lower East End and the Hastings Street neighborhood. You know, if, you, if, if you're going to talk, if they're going to talk about not being confined just to certain neighborhoods, and in certain towns in British Columbia and all areas of that province, and then, then go out there and show it all. Because what I'm telling you right now, those those things, those um, videos on YouTube, it's just focusing on one area, and that's the Lower East End and the Hastings Street neighborhood. Other, other, you know, um, results in 2023, 71% of those dying were the age 30 to 59, and 77% were male. Though the townships experiencing the highest number of illicit drug toxicity deaths um, were in 2023 are Vancouver, Surrey, and the greater Victoria area. By health, 
by the health authority in 20 to 23, the highest number of illicit drugs toxicity deaths were in the Vancouver's coastal and Fraser health, Vancouver coastal and Fraser. 199, 190, and 161 deaths respectively, making up 59% of all such deaths during 2023. And by the health authority, the highest rates of death in 2023 were in northern or in the northern health at 60 deaths per 100,000 individuals in Vancouver Coastal was at 59 per 100,000. And then by the health service delivery area in 2023, the highest rates of deaths were in Vancouver. Uh, Northwestern BC, Northern Vancouver Island, Northern Interior, and the Central Vancouver Island. Vancouver, British Columbia is the epic center of the overdose rate. But we have lost over 30,000 Canadians across the country due to an overdose. I look at this as, you know, the, the uh, almost like the pandemic. Six people dying every single day to this day due to an overdose. Six hundred lives lost to the unrelated uh, drugs in, in the first three months of 2023. We didn't have 600 deaths in the first few months of the pandemic. Safe and, you know, I mean, is, is safe injection sites the answer? Safe drug supply, is this the answer? Don't buy from the street dealers, buy from the government. Is this the answer? No, I don't believe that it is. For the safe injection sites, that just might just be a start. Drug supply from, 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 from the from safe drug supply from the government. No, people need treatment. They talk about all this money, you know, they want to spend, in, you know, not just in millions, but in, in, billion, in billions of dollars over the next 10 years. 
on, on bettering the healthcare system, bettering treatment. And yet British Columbia declared an epidemic in 2016. Yet that, 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 that call for help went upon deaf ears. Let's just call the crisis, let's just call the addiction crisis a pandemic. Because that's what it is. Let's just call it a pandemic. The addiction crisis is a pandemic. That's just 11,000, just like almost 12,000 deaths that has been caused by unregulated drugs since the public health emergency declared back in 2016. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. So why, you know, why are people not going to, uh, you know, why do people not get help? I mean, some people do. They're saying all of them are. They're obviously all of them not getting help. And, and part of that reason is, is I mentioned before you came on the show, is self-stigma. So that what happens when someone internalizes the negative messages about people who use drugs and apply them to themselves. So that's going to then trigger low self-esteem, feeling of shame. And it's going to cause someone not to access support because they fear being judged or discriminated against. And that comes from social stigma. So from social stigma to self-stigma, and it is the negative attitudes or behaviors towards people who use drugs or towards their friends and family members. So the social stigma has that negative label and images in everyday conversation and, and, in the, in, and also in the media. So when we, so when we have that social stigma, um, when, so, we, so the attitudes behold, towards behaviors of people who use drugs and towards their friends and families, you know, so if, if, if you have a, a, a drug addiction, they, you know, people say, well, the rest of the family members have, have a drug addiction too, you know, so that's by association, which is just unfounded. And maybe some cases it is, but not all. 
the social stigma, you know, um, talking about addiction like it's a choice. Judgment and discrimination from other people can lead to self-stigma and cause harm such as not reaching out for help or using drugs alone. And don't forget about, because I mentioned this earlier, don't forget about structural stigma and the policies in health and social services that increase stigma, such as not providing services until drug use is, is, is better managed. Or when healthcare providers or first responders do not take people affected by drug use seriously. And these workplace policies that cause harm and unintentionally encourage people to hide their drug use, prevent them from seeking help. And not connecting people with the health or social services because of their drug use and lower quality of care when services are accessed or, you know, maybe just because they, you know, come from the lower end of spectrum of, of income. Now, to help end stigma, well, you know, we can help end stigma, you know, in, in, in steps by, by taking, you know, do not define any person by their drug use. Be respectful, compassionate, and caring to those who use drugs. Educate yourself. Get your friends and family together and educate yourselves. Pass on the facts and challenge and the challenge of stereotypes. Right, so the attitudes and behaviors because they may be influenced by stereotypes, negative stories and images about people who use drugs. And it goes right back to social stigma, self-stigma, structural stigma. It's a vicious circle. So now, once again, let me bring this up. So once again, you can go on YouTube. You can, you can search, is BC's drug decriminalization a good idea? Vancouver is dying. Inside Canada's fentanyl overdose epidemic. Also, you can still find, which I just thought, hey, I'll just look it up, see if it's still there, through a blue lens. 
check out these videos. Come back on my show. And it doesn't matter what topic I'm talking about. Use your call-in feature. And say, you know, tell me if you watched any of them. Tell me your thoughts. Share your insights. As I say to my listeners and followers, if I'm doing a show on a certain topic and you call in, you want to talk about something different, I have no problem with that. Have a look at these videos. Join me back on one of my shows. Call in and say, yeah, I remember you were talking about addiction crisis in Canada. You know, yeah, I watched this BC Drug, uh, drug de uh, decriminalization, a good idea. And give me your thoughts on that. You can call in any, any at any time when I'm doing the show. If you have something to say, as long as you are not being discriminatory, you're not, you're not using... Uh, foul language, you, you're not being racist, you're, you're, you know, want to talk about a real social issue. I have no problem with you calling in and, and talking about what's on your mind. Share your thoughts. Let the whole world know what you think and feel about a certain social issue. And like I say, it doesn't matter what topic I'm talking about. Because believe me, there's plenty of social issues out there. Plenty to go around. And of course, you know, um, you know, this being a long weekend, this is Labor Day weekend. You know, the end of the summer holidays, not the end of summer, because summer doesn't end until, you know, like the 20th of, of September. And then it's fall time. I can't even, even believe I'm saying that because it just felt like summer just started. Colleges, universities, public schools, Catholic schools, kids are going back to school on Tuesday. School buses are going to be out in full force. And I'll tell you this, you know, for the first couple of weeks or even the first week of school as well, you know, we're going to have police officers sitting in school zones watching you as you're driving through school zones. That you're following the speed limit. That you're stopping, stopping behind buses, the school buses, you know, or, you know, in both directions when they have their, their, their flashing lights going and, and loading up children to go to school. And the same thing when they're dropping them off at the school. 
We need to slow down. We need to pay attention. We need to follow the rules. Put your cell phones away. Then we can have a safe beginning of a new school year. So enjoy the rest of your long weekend. And I will be out Monday morning because I am off like so many Canadians are. It is a statutory holiday. At 8.30 in the morning. And I'm going to go out and enjoy my weekend. You go out and enjoy your weekend. Give us some thought about watching um, these YouTube videos. Like I said, is BC is BC's drug decriminalization a good idea? Vancouver is dying. Inside Canada's fentanyl overdose epidemic. When you have time. And then join me again on one of my episodes and call in and voice your opinion, voice your concern or concerns. You're not interrupting me when I'm doing a show. You're more than welcome to use the call-ins. So until Monday morning, take care and be safe. And enjoy your weekend. Cast FYI, I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. Take care.